This Connect podcast series is brought to you by Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome. I'm Karen Cole, Editor-in-Chief of Talent Talks and Life Online. Welcome everyone. Today I'm joined by Carolyn Parsmore, a strategic facilitator and executive coach based in Cape Town, South Africa. Welcome, Caroline. Hi, Karen. It's lovely to be here with you today. Fantastic. So, Caroline, your latest article is out in talenttalks.net, and it really is around meeting the challenge of the new normal and you know how we how organizational cultures had this great opportunity to really flex and change at this point and I'm so keen to get into the into the detail of this with you so tell us from your perspective do you think that this highly anticipated return to work provides this opportunity for organizations to assess their cultures especially with a view to creating greater psychological safety yeah and why do you think this is such an opportunity yeah I think we only get one chance to do this all over again Karen (laughs) In our lifetime, we're certainly not going to have another situation like this, I doubt. I think we're as a a global community on top of the pandemic now, hopefully. And um, we're probably entering a stage where we are returning to that new normal that everybody's spoken about. And as we return to work, there's a threat that we return to the way things were before. And the world has fundamentally changed. Our workplaces have fundamentally changed. The mindsets of our our people whom we employ have fundamentally changed. Um, I think people have become more aware of their own vulnerabilities. They're far more aware of what they want from life and the quality of life that they want. And they're not willing to just take what's dished out to them anymore. Um, As organizations, we need to be very mindful that culture is an imperative to be able to deliver on strategy. And having a healthy culture is not something that you allow to happen organically. So the threat to organizations is if we just go back without mindfully and purposefully focusing on culture, we risk sort of the negative side, the the shadow side of culture emerging in our organizations. And that can have a critical impact on performance, on engagement, on outcomes, on just the culture, you know, the the entire culture of the organization. And that is a real risk. So I think that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity that we've got as organizations to, yeah, just to approach it a little bit differently and to think about how we can make it better, what we can physically do, how we enable people, take it from there. How do you think cultures should really flex to this and, and, you know, particularly kind of the norms, if I could call them that, that have been brought about from the pandemic, like mandatory vaccines, etc. How is that going to impact on the cultivation of psychologically uh, or of creating a psychologically safe workplace? This question of vaccines is quite a quite a debatable one. I totally get where organisations are coming from. It's been a, a tragic time for organisations across the globe financially, Um, just in terms of being able to maintain a level of performance. The desire to want to get back and just start operating at full steam is understandable. What we know about our our people, though, is that we need to treat them as humans. And uh, that happens at a very sort of 
basic biological level. And if you understand the neuroscience behind human behavior, uh, well, some of the neuroscience behind human behavior, and one of the things that triggers us most into a threat state, which is obviously counterproductive to psychological safety, is a, a lack of autonomy. So when we do not have a perception of autonomy, it triggers that fight or flight response. And when we're in that fight or flight response, we literally have impaired cognition. It's as simple as that. So if we're wanting to return to being high performing organizations, we need to consider our people at their most human level. And to do that, we need to think about what, what could stimulate that psychological safety, because the research is very, very clear. When people feel psychologically safe, they bring their whole selves to work. And when they do that, performance naturally increases. So I just think whether to mandate vaccines or not, organizations need to think about how they do that in a psychologically safe way. Because what we want is for people to bring themselves to work, to um, actively engage in the work, to think critically about their work, to problem solve effectively. And they're not going to do that if they are constantly in this threat state. And I think it just plays into, you know, what we've been saying all along is is essentially with with the restrictions to our freedoms, that, that perception of autonomy has completely fallen away and people feel threatened at the moment, which makes everything that much more difficult and why organizations really need to pay attention to creating a, a different environment for people to return into. Science is clear. It's a perception of autonomy. It's not full autonomy. Um, I think we know from a lot of research that has been conducted into autonomous teams that it's not always the best way to work. So autonomy doesn't always ensure optimal outcomes either. But a perception of autonomy, we're giving people a sense of choice is very, very important. Uh, and that choice can be created in many, many ways. Um, simply engaging in dialogue, asking for people around their preferred ways of working, trying to accommodate people as much as possible. Um, those are simple ways in which we can uh, enable the return to work, you know, making people feel more included in some of the decisions that are being taken, uh, rather than taking decisions at a top level down and expecting people to toe the line. And uh, many of the organizations are doing that. And it's just counterintuitive. Especially when so much around us has already been taken. And, you know, this is your kind of one respite and you, you're trying to go back into work and you have even less power in that environment. And then compounded by the fact that, you know, you've got an hour get this mandatory vaccine to go to go back into the workplace, compounded by the fact that everything's been taken from you, you know, in this past exactly. while and all the emotions we're still grappling with. I think, you know, we, we're kind of exiting the survival mode. Um, and I think the true impact of, of what we've been through has yet to be felt. Absolutely. And we must remember that the, the messaging around the last 18 months has all been around, let's keep you safe. Mm -hmm. And now that safety seems to, to be compromised. It no longer seems to be as much of a priority. And I know organizations are doing as much as they can. I, I work with a couple of clients that have been back at work for a while, just given the nature of the industries that they in. It's, yeah, it's, you know, it's not as easy as just taking people back to work. We have to consider uh, sort of the mindset that people are in. Uh, the pandemic is still a very, very real threat to many people. You know, just talking about the South African context, we've just come out of the third wave and it's been traumatic. Our numbers have been extraordinary and we're anticipating a fourth wave 
in just a couple of months. And now we're talking about that return to work. And so we're talking about a return to work at a time when the sort of memories of this third wave are very, very real and very, very raw to most people. And most people have now been affected by the virus in some way or another. And so that experience is very visceral for most people. And that threat is very, very real. And I think, you know, that's from a South African context, you know, from, from my side, speaking from a, a Melbourne context and understanding that I haven't traveled more than about 10 kilometers in the last you know, I think we've been in lockdown over 235 days. I think we hold the, the world record. It's, it's been an incredible experience from a, a personal insight and, and resilience perspective. But yeah. having said that, we've seen a great amount of unrest and, and you know, from, from my perspective, completely uncharacteristic of an Australian culture in terms of the the violence with which people are starting to to protest. And I think it's just because we've been in this state for so long. And now with the mandatory vaccines coming in, that's just a another level of autonomy being taken away from people. And I think that reaction is to what you were saying earlier, to that lack of autonomy and, and that perception of autonomy that I can't even now decide whether I want the vaccine or not. It's mm. now being another decision made for me. And that's, you know, really fueling this this anger that we're seeing coming through. Yeah, absolutely. And it's perfectly natural. That's the point. You know, we think people are being unreasonable and the protests are unreasonable and we should expect more of people. But if you actually think about it, it's perfectly natural. That fight or flight is literally around self-preservation. How do I preserve myself? How do I maintain my well-being? And when that's a real threat to us as individuals, to us as people. And so the the protests that we're seeing around the world are actually perfectly natural. And they sometimes get a little bit out of hand. And I think that's where we can question the validity of the protests. But that response is perfectly natural. And I think the biggest threat to organizations, Karen, um, if we continue on this journey, if, if we don't actively think about our, our people and the conditions in which they return to work is that very real threat of burnout. Because while some people are participating in in protests and um, activities of a similar nature, and that's the way in which they managing that threat response, others are just bottling it up. What we do know is when you have all that pent up emotion, the effect of that emotion actually becomes overwhelming. So what we're seeing again across the globe is overwhelming burnout, mental illness. And for organizations, you know, we talk about employee well-being. We speak about the importance of uh, the individual and their wellness uh, and how we enhance that. But this is one of those critical components. Um, you know, being able to manage and regulate your emotions is critical to your well-being. That feeling of being threatened, even if it is just a perception of threat, your perception is your reality. And that's critical. So that's going to have an impact. And that impact, I don't think, has been felt in the workplace necessarily to its fullest extent yet. You know, for me, I'm always... At the, well, lately I'm looking at this and, you know, this is a very old theory in terms, you know, Eric Burns' transactional analysis. But if you look mm -hmm. at where the, the message from our politicians and what organizations really need to be careful of is we're being pushed into parent and child states. And, you know, if you look at the government, particularly in Australia, from my perspective, it's almost this parent state telling everybody what to do. And we're seeing this very normal resistant child coming through saying you know we we don't want to do that and it would be such a disservice if organizations 
go into that same mode. And I think that's the line we're really struggling with this mandating of vaccines or mandating of how hybrid workforces will work, etc. It's yeah. we ca- we don't want to be told what to do anymore. Absolutely. So you, you're going to elicit this whole irrational child response coming through. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that uh, you know that triggers us on so many different levels as well. We've spoken already about the autonomy, but what we know about the brain is the more things that trigger us, the greater the threat state and the greater the impact of that. And uh, when the threat becomes overwhelming, it's literally paralyzing, literally paralyzing. And I think we're starting to see some of that in certain areas of our environments um, and within certain pockets of society. You know, when we feel as though our views are not considered, when we feel as though our voices are not being heard, we no longer feel value. That has a massive impact to our perception of how people perceive uh, our our status and our value. And that lack of certainty around um, all the issues that we're facing at the moment, not only the pandemic, not only the return to work, but, you know, what What am I allowed to do? What am I not allowed to do? How far can I push this? How far can't I? All of those things, the fact that you can't even freely go and visit the loved ones that you want to visit uh, and that you can't connect with them, those all are threat-inducing. So what we're seeing is that this threat compounds and it's just entirely paralyzing. And A little bit earlier, I mentioned that there's a a, a direct correlation between cognition and um, mental performance and your ability to access your higher cognitive capacities and the level of threat that you're in. And the more threatened you become, the less likely you are able to do that. So, yes, of course, you're able to um, do what needs to be done because you're probably doing that uh, subconsciously a lot of uh, a lot of your behaviors are pre-programmed and you operate a lot on autopilot. But when it comes to really tackling the challenging tasks that are often required of us in the workplace, we just can't do it. And, you know, people sort of say, but how is that possible? And the fact is that many of us have already experienced that. We're just not aware of it. I mean, if you've been in a difficult situation and you you walk away from that situation and later you think to yourself, I wish I had done this differently. This is what I would have done with hindsight. That's because in that very moment, you just can't access that uh, cognitive capacity to be able to think clearly and to problem solve. And that's exactly what's going to happen as we return to work. Obviously, it's not going to happen across the board. There definitely will be pockets. And we just need to be mindful about those people who are potentially a little bit more vulnerable. And I think the word that keeps coming in, just practicing some compassion. And I think what you've brought up is just so important around the fact that we seem okay because a lot of what we're having to do on a daily basis is stuff that we do on autopilot anyway. And we're not necessarily aware of all of the impacts and that when we mm. when we find ourselves in those situations, just to understand and almost be able to, to gather that self-insight to move ourselves through that or put in place some, some contingencies that will help us over this period and just help us understand just where we are at a productivity level. Because it's often, you know, because you're still functioning really well on those things that are, almost automated processes, you don't really understand why you're struggling or why your, you know, your productivity levels just aren't quite there yet for the for the higher order thinking work mm-hmm. that you're needing. 100% correct. And that's the threat, I sort of think, Karina, it takes mm-hmm. us back to where we started this conversation, was if we don't mindfully think about how we do this, we are going to be uh, returning to the workplace in exactly the same way we were before, because we are creatures of habit and we just access 
the behaviors, the ways of doing things that are hardwired into our subconscious. And uh, there's a real threat to that because that subconscious way of working has fundamentally shifted over the last 18 months. And I think as organizations, we're saying the right things very often. You know, we we are saying that we our people aren't machines, sort of we don't sweat people like assets the way we used to talk about it in the 1990s. It's about treating people fairly, treating people well. We talk about the, the future of work being around humane, human-styled leadership. We don't work with machines. People aren't computers. But if we're not doing the right things, there's an incongruence between what we say and what we do. And then our people are literally going to view just paying lip service to these important topics. Uh, That's going to have massive impact because we're going to see a real threat to engagement as well as uh, employee wellness, as well as culture. And ultimately, that's going to have a long-term impact on the performance of those organizations. Fantastic. Carolyn, I've really enjoyed my time with you today. Thank you so much. What a worthwhile conversation. And I'm looking forward to our future episodes. I'm looking forward to it too. Thank you so much. <laughs>